RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. An academic testifies that he believes a national security suspect supported the idea of using violence against the government. The chief executive says foreigners are still smearing the national security law despite its success. And more than 2.3 million people sign up for $5,000 in electronic spending vouchers. On day six of the trial of national security suspect Tong Yong Kit, a history professor, says he believes the meaning of the protest slogan that Tong used endorses the message of overthrowing the so-called Hong Kong communist regime with violence. Vicky Wong reports. Tong Yin Kit is accused of inciting secession, terrorism and dangerous driving for allegedly driving his motorcycle into police in Wan Chai while flying a flag that said, Liberate Hong Kong, Revolution of Our Times. Prosecutors played a video of a 2016 speech by a former localist leader, Edward Leung, where he cited a conversation with another localist member, Ray Wong, and finished by chanting the slogan, which Leung himself created. Prosecutors said the video backed up comments from their expert witness, history professor Lao Chi Pang from Lingnan University. Professor Lao noted that Leung agreed with Ray Wong's political ideals of resisting with violence to overthrow the Hong Kong communist regime and establish a country for Hong Kongers. The trial continues. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says foreigners are continuing to smear the national security law despite its clear success in restoring order without undermining people's fundamental rights. Addressing a legal forum, she said the number of media registered with the government had increased in the past year and people had been exercising their freedom to criticise the authorities on a daily basis. She also said that judiciary remained independent and the city was still an international financial centre. Mrs Lamb spoke through an interpreter. Despite the clear facts, foreign politicians and media with ulterior motives continue to query and even smear the national security law, claiming that it would undermine human rights, suppress freedoms of speech, of the press and of assembly, damage the rule of law, devastate Hong Kong as an international financial center, and weaken the city's business environment and more. Nevertheless, what's happened in the past year and various data show that these accusations could hardly stand up to challenge. The head of the Office for Safeguarding National Security says every administrative, judiciary and law enforcement official in the SAR has a responsibility to safeguard national security. Zheng Yangzhong said this applies to people who consider themselves politically neutral. This duty has fallen on all the traditional administrative and law enforcement organs in Hong Kong. This is not about politics. This is not conflict to other local laws. This is in line with the core and development interests of Hong Kong society and its citizens. No one has any excuses to do nothing in this context. The liaison officer's deputy director Chen Dong meanwhile much, said much more needs to be done to fully implement the security law after seeing people beautify the lone wolf terrorist attack that injured a police officer last week. The government's latest pandemic handout has proven popular with more than 2.3 million people signing up for $5,000 worth of electronic spending vouchers as of 8 o'clock this morning. The scheme is expected to cost the government around $36 billion and benefit about 7.2 million people. But David Webb, founder and editor of Website.com, told RTHK's Backchat program it was a wasteful scheme that wouldn't do much for overall expenditure. The cash that one saves by using the octopus voucher for groceries, you could then go online and buy something from Amazon. So whether you do it by so-called vouchers or or by cash handouts, it's still quite wasteful. The Kowloon City Magistracy has handed down a three-month jail sentence to a man who admitted having 
concealed his whereabouts from health officials. He was the first patient infected with a mutated coronavirus strain in the community back in April. His friend, a 31-year-old nurse who admitted to the same charge, has been given a 20-day jail sentence. Principal Magistrate Adiem ordered her release because she's already been remanded for 20 days. Overseas, at least three people died and over 100 are missing after torrential rain triggered landslides in the central Japanese city of Atami over the weekend. Hundreds of rescue workers are wading through mud and debris searching for survivors after mud crashed into rows of houses on a mountainside early on Saturday. Three Coast Guard ships and six military drones are aiding the rescue effort. The remains of an apartment block near the U.S. city of Miami that partially collapsed 11 days ago have now been demolished. The 12-storey building came down within seconds, creating a huge dust cloud. The BBC's David Willis sent this report. With a series of small explosions lighting up the night sky, what remained of the collapsed apartment building was brought crashing to the ground. Search efforts were suspended over the weekend in order to allow experts to drill holes into the building and pack them with explosive. After the decision was taken to bring forward the demolition amid fears surrounding a tropical storm which is due to make landfall in Florida in the next few days. Nearby residents were advised to stay inside and close their doors and windows whilst the demolition took place. Emergency workers said they hope to resume their search of the rubble almost immediately. President Biden says the United States is closer than ever to declaring its independence from COVID-19. In a speech to mark the 4th of July public holiday, he said the country was emerging from the darkness and isolation of the pandemic. He said the U.S. economy was roaring back. He was speaking to supporters in the White House garden. While the virus hasn't been vanquished, we know this. It no longer controls our lives. It no longer paralyzes our nation. And it's within our power to make sure it never does again. Investigators in the United States say they're still assessing the scale of a huge cyber attack that affected hundreds of businesses. Hackers targeted a firm that provides IT services to many other companies on Friday. The White House has urged anyone who thinks their systems have been compromised to contact the authorities. The Taliban have told the BBC that any foreign soldiers left in Afghanistan after September will be treated as an occupying force. NATO's 20-year military mission has mostly ended, but there are reports that as many as 1,000 troops will stay to protect embassies and the airport in the capital, Kabul. The former president of South Africa, Jacob Zuma, has fiercely criticised the judges who sentenced him to 15 months in jail, insisting he won't turn himself in. He was handed the prison term on Tuesday for failing to appear before a corruption inquiry. Speaking to reporters at his home, Mr Zuma said he was following the wishes of those around him by challenging the sentence. My family and my comrades insist that these injustices need to be exposed. If it was up to me, I would once again go to jail for my beliefs as early as today. Whether I come out alive or not. Queen Elizabeth has awarded one of Britain's highest honours, the George Cross, to the National Health Service. In a handwritten message, the Queen praised the courage, compassion and dedication of staff since the publicly funded NHS was set up in the aftermath of the Second World War. A service of thanksgiving will be held at St Paul's Cathedral in London for the work of the NHS during the pandemic. 
Business now and shares of Vitasoy have had their biggest ever drop after a worker circulated a memo offering condolences to the family of a colleague who stabbed a policeman, triggering online calls on the mainland for a boycott of the company. In a statement on Chinese social media platform Weibo on Saturday, Vitasoy said it reserved the right to take legal action over the memo, which it described as extremely inappropriate. Shares of Vitasoy were down 14.6% at $25.10. It was the biggest single-day drop since its listing in 1994. A financial analyst says China may be trying to discourage mainland firms from listing overseas so it has greater control over money flows. Regulators have ordered the country's biggest ride-hailing firm, Didi, to be removed from app stores, accusing it of violating rules on the use of personal data. It comes a week after Didi raised billions of dollars when its shares were listed on the New York Stock Exchange for the first time. Ben Cavender, the principal of China Market Research Group, spoke to RTHK's Money Talk program. I think there's potentially some subtext here, which is basically saying if you're going to be a big tech company and you want to IPO, you better be doing it on the mainland. So I think that's one thing. I think the other thing is that the government has really been working hard to tighten up its access to data that's being collected, while at the same time sort of trying to codify a little bit better what kind of data practices are actually okay in China. The Suez Canal Authority and the owners of a huge container ship that blocked the Egyptian waterway earlier this year have reached a deal to release the vessel. After three months of wrangling over compensation, the two sides say the ship will be allowed to set off on Wednesday. Here's the BBC's Alan Johnson. The huge ship, called the Ever Given, was freed from the bank of the canal more than three months ago. But she has been detained by the Egyptian authorities during protracted wrangling over a compensation claim. The details of the deal that's now been struck haven't been revealed, but it was reported that the Egyptians were demanding $550 million. The ship became the focus of world attention after she ran aground in high winds and then swung out across the canal. The normally very busy channel was blocked for six days. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 111.11 yen. The euro is 1 US dollar and 18 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 73 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 28,186, 123 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $90 billion. Sport now and Slovenia's Tadej Pogacar retained the leader's yellow jersey on stage nine of the Tour de France. The mountainous stage in the Alps was won by Ben O'Connor. The Australian is second overall, two minutes, one second behind. The BBC's Matt Warwick has more details. Two years ago, this punishing stage to teen was stopped midway after a landslide which handed victory to Egan Bernal. Pogacar doesn't seem to need any such help. Pulling away from rivals with ease, the peloton seemingly resigned to a self-made landslide win. Following an impressive charge through the rain, O'Connor finds himself Pogacar's nearest challenger after others fell to the conditions and the dreaded time cut including France's Arnold Dimar, a sprint rival to Britain's Mark Cavendish, who after Monday's rest day will attempt to close on Eddie Merckx's all-time stage win record in Valence. Cricket and rain wiped out the third one-day international between England and Sri Lanka in Bristol. It saved Sri Lanka from defeat after they suffered another batting collapse. England won the three-match series 2-0. Here's the BBC's Daniel Norcross. 
Sri Lanka's woeful tour of England came to a soggy conclusion at Bristol when the third and final ODI was abandoned. Only one innings was possible, but in that time the tourists put on another inept display with the bat on a blameless pitch, subsiding to 166 all out. England's team has again dominated with Tom Curran taking four for 35 to rip through the middle order. Earlier, Chris Wokes and David Willey with two wickets apiece had reduced Sri Lanka to 42 for four as familiar failings with the bat resurfaced. England's Tom Curran took four for 35 in his 10 overs and was pleased to pick up his first wickets in five matches. Sometimes you bowl really well and don't get a wicket um, and other times you don't bowl as well and, you know, you know, cash in with some average balls. So, yeah, it's just been trying to train hard since this run of form or run of lack of wickets um, has been there. Just been training hard because I felt pretty good within my own skin. So uh, just trying to stay stay level, not get too too down or too high when the highs come and Yeah, just, just keep at it. Next for England is a one-day international series against Pakistan, which starts on Thursday. Sri Lanka hosts India. And play resumes at the Wimbledon Tennis Championships today with matches in the round of 16. World number one Novak Djokovic continues his attempt to equal Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal's men's record of 20 Grand Slam titles. Djokovic is the first man to claim 75 match wins at each of the slams. After 15-plus years on the tour, uh, there are you know Grand Slams and some, some other historic uh, records uh, of our sport that uh, inspire me to play my best and to keep on going and try to win as much as I can. You know, I've said it at the beginning of the season that um, I want to play my best tennis at slams. So far, I've been managing to do that, so hopefully I can keep the run going. Djokovic will play the Chilean Christian Garin for a place in the quarterfinals, while Federer takes on Lorenzo Sanego of Italy in the women's draw. Uh, of Italy. In the women's draw, the top seed Ash Barty plays the French Open champion Barbara Krejcikova. To the NBA, and Luka Doncic has dribbled a, has delivered a triple-double to lead Slovenia over Lithuania at 96-85 and into their first Olympic basketball tournament. It'll be the first time the Lithuanians have missed out on the Games. Golf now, and Ko Jin Young has won the Volunteers of America Classic just a week after losing her world number one ranking. In her first start, Cincinnati Corda overtook her. The South Korean carded a 2-under-69 for a one-stroke victory. And a quick look at the weather. A few showers and there'll be isolated thunderstorms. Very hot with sunny periods this afternoon. Moderate easterly winds. More showers tomorrow and on Wednesday. The weather will improve gradually later this week. It's currently 33 degrees and the humidity is 72%. The very hot weather warning is in force. And to end the news, the top stories once again. An academic testifies that he believes a national security suspect supported the idea of using violence against the government. The chief executive says foreigners are still smearing the national security law despite its clear success restoring audit in the SAR. And more than 2.3 million people sign up for $5,000 in electronic spending vouchers being distributed by the government. The news from RTHK.
Afternoon and welcome to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Monday afternoon. Monday, the fifth of July, is today's date. A big thanks to Phil for the morning brew this afternoon. Thank you for tuning in to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mayer. I'm going to be right here with you until three o'clock this afternoon. To start off with, we'll be chatting with the founders of a great local startup. We'll be chatting with Aaron Chu and also Sophia Sandhu. They're the founders and.